Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, May 29th. We thought we'd have a little bit of fun on a Friday episode here on the podcast. There are so many storylines for us to monitor, and we have just done just that throughout the week. Things such as the ATP WTA merger talks that has captured the attention of so many fans and players alike. Of course, things such as the player relief funds as more details become available. We've tried to do our best to talk about what those relief funds will look like, how they will impact, and what sort of players those relief funds will be targeted towards. And then we've talked about some fun things as well, the exhibition events that have gone on. Of course, there was a video game streak a couple of weeks ago as well. But we wanted to get back to our roots on today's podcast. And joining me on the show to do just that, of course, is my doubles partner, partner in crime, and the man who helped me start this podcast, Maxwell LeBauer-Rothman. Maxie, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Look, I'm just excited for a little changeover chat action. It's been long overdue, and I probably already spoiled the episode by saying we're going to do a changeover chat, but I don't give a f***. I'm excited. It's Friday. Um, well, it's going to be Friday for me, but um, yeah, I'm happy to be back. Definitely excited to do a little bit of, of just kind of fun talk, and uh, I think you guys will enjoy our, our trivia slash discussion in our changeover chat, so... Uh, look, let's get let's get rolling, baby. Come on. Yeah. As Maxie said, we're going to go back to our roots. We're going to do a segment from our past, something that we used to do on our Great Shot podcast when we wanted to have fun, talk about things that weren't exactly relevant to the day-to-day goings-on in the professional tennis world. Uh, we call that segment the changeover chat, you know, the sort of things you shoot the shit about when you're hitting with your friends and having fun doing the things you do when you're part of the tennis community. So that's what we're going to be doing today, and we have two topics in mind. We're going to run our, each other through a little bit of trivia. And, of course, whenever you're on the tennis court with your fellow loving tennis brethren, you're always going to be poking one another you know, with factoids, or at least maybe that's what Max and I were doing, and that's why we ended up having a podcast. But it's like, hey, do you know that this is the only player in history to have won two 250 events on indoor hard courts in the same month? And Max would be like, yeah, I did know that. <laughs> And then I'd be like, dude, what are you? And then we'd start bickering. And then we're like, why don't we record this? And anyways, that's how the podcast got, you know, nine months later. Yeah, yeah, nine (laughs) months later, we had a podcast and it was worked perfectly. But, you know, so that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking about that. And then we're going to have a little bit of fun because whenever Maxie and I get into one another, you know, all tennis players have egos. You have to because you have to believe in yourself if you want to have any success in this game. And so we, I asked Max the question, and it's funny because I was on the phone with Jamie McDonald, of course, our fellow Cracked Rackets brethren, and I, uh, we were just talking, you know, talking about tennis as we always do. And I go, "Hey, Jamie, I have a really good, t- you know, topic for the pod." And he's like, "What is?" And I was like, well, "Who is the highest ranked player right now that you think you could get a game off of?" And so he goes immediately. And we thought it at the same time. He goes, dude, that's a better question for Rothman. And I was like, you're absolutely right. So I had to call you on and ask you that I mean, question. Look, it, you're crazy if 
you think your doubles partner for any of you out there who have a doubles partner if you guys don't boost each other's egos you're just <laughs> you're, you're doing something wrong and ours have gone through the f-ing roof over the last two years uh, probably to points where they they shouldn't be like our confidence in our tennis games like neither of us are that good you know like and especially, I mean, ugh, this answer is now tough for me considering I played an hour ago and it was rough, <laughs> really rough tennis. Um, so if you'd asked me this question, I'm still going to give the same answer I would have give, given, but if you'd asked me this question like three months ago, I would have probably been even more confident in it. So two follow-ups because we're tangenting. That's what a tangent, you know, that's what the changeover chat is. Um, but, yeah. you know, even before we get to that, you know, this is half the fun of having you back on the show. Part one to your thing of us exaggerating. There is no doubt now, if you wanted to play a drinking game with all of these podcasts, hit the over-under on when I'm going to bring up club tennis or when we're going to reference our own games, of course, and you're going to be satisfactory. Uh, you know, you will be buzz satisfaction guaranteed. That we can promise you. Uh, but I did a podcast that you listeners will hear later on with Eric Sock earlier this week, and you know he was asking me. Oh, I, I almost made a joke. I'll tell you. Uh, hold on, Westoff, give me the violins for this one. And we're back. Anyways, I was talking to Eric Sock, and he's like, so how's your tennis game? And I was like, you know, because we were comparing UTRs, or he brought up what his UTR is. I asked him, how are you right now? And he was like, so how are you? And I was like, ugh. I was like, I'd like to think I'm still double digits. I'd like to think I could still hit in the 10 range. But honestly, I'm not sure. You know, there will be some hanging curveball serves for sure. Um, But I don't know. So I tried to be humble on that note. Yeah, I mean, look, I played... uh... I played with this kid, Sam Landau, the other day, and we actually posted a little video of us playing Dinkum um, on the Instagram, and, and we tried to start a little viral trend, which went very poor. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I wish that had worked. It, it totally didn't. But, um, yeah, the, I, I played with him, and I think I want to say he's high 11s, and I was keeping up with him. I, I, I definitely would say I'm in the double digits. Hilariously, I think last time I checked – um, when I was at the, one of the UTR events in Newport last year, uh, I was it, it had me rated as a twelve, which is just <laughs> so comical. Um, but I'll take I'll take it, whatever they want to say. Yeah, no, for sure. And to be honest, I don't even remember what my second point was, but I'm sure I will remember at some point later on. And that's half the fun of these changeover chats. Again, we are rocking and rolling. And the reason we are able to have this sort of fun on our mini break podcast day in, day out is because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports. And you know this by now because you're used to having Midwest Sports support. They've been doing it for more than 20 years, and they've served as one of the world's premier tennis equipment suppliers because they can offer a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few other retailers can match. You know, they have one of the largest in-stock inventories of tennis equipment online, Maxi, with tens of thousands of products available for shipping directly from their automated warehouse to your front door. And in today's modern day, that's how you're shopping, right, Maxi? That, that sounds like a win to me. I mean, especially right now, given COVID, nobody's going out to these stores and getting anything. But uh, yeah, I actually, you know, I've had my rackets now for a couple years and those grommets have uh, slowly been deteriorating and uh, it was about time that I ordered some new ones. So I went to Midwest Sports the other week and they actually just came in uh, a couple days ago. So I got my fresh grommets for my racket and I actually didn't 
know which ones to order because I've had my rackets for a couple years and obviously the versions get newer and newer and the grommets change. So I gave them a call. I said, hey, you know, which one am I getting? They, you know, answered quick, uh, gave me the, the right one. And so I ordered it and, and now I've got basically fresh rackets. So uh, thank you to Midwest Sports for, for hooking it up and making it real easy for me. Are there any better words in tennis than grommet? I was going through my head, maybe deuce. We were trying just because like, you know, it's deuce. funny. Deuce is a good one. Yeah. Um, Ace. Ace just rolls off the yeah. tongue. Tweener. Nice, especially when you... Tweener's good. Yeah, that's nice. But other than that... Tree. Yeah, tree. That's a good term. But grommet's really... You know, grommet is the term to do. And nice. you know what the best part is? Maybe you don't know about the grommets. Maybe you don't know much about the equipment side of tennis. Well, the good news is the well-trained staff at Midwest Sports are intimately familiar with all things tennis and can help you find that perfect tennis racket, that perfect shoe, or that perfect piece of tennis clothing that is sure to put you ahead of the competition. Their selections of equipment are consistently first to market, and they pride themselves in stocking their warehouse with the newest products at the lowest prices. You can find all of these products by going to their website, MidwestSports.com. I guarantee, you know, Maxi guarantees as well. I feel confident speaking for you here. You will find some equipment you like. You're going to want to order yourself some stuff. Well, the good news is even though they already have the best prices, they want to offer you a chance to save even more money in your pocket. So what you're going to do, you're going to use our promo code CR15. Let them know that we here at Crack Racket sent you there. You're going to get 15 percent off. You're going to get free two-day shipping on all orders over $75. And the piece de resistance of this deal, Maxi, a free can of Wilson extra duty tennis balls to ensure that you have all you need for when you make your return to the tennis court. So go to MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15, get 15% off all of your purchases. They are so grateful, gracious in supporting us. Grateful. We are grateful of their support. So the least we can do is ask you to support them as well. All right. With that being said, it wouldn't be a changeover chat, Maxi, if we didn't utilize those beautiful singing tones of that you are uh, capable of reaching. So with that being said, it's time for this week's changeover chat. The change of a chat. Oh, it's honest. It's gotten more beautiful with time. It's like a fine wine. You know, you, you practice it enough times, and sometimes it just you, you hit it. You yeah, know? no, your so. tones are always beautiful. Well, <clears throat> let's start with the trivia portion of today's podcast because, again, you always want to be well equipped with those factoids that your fellow tennis players aren't going to have. They're going to say, "Wow, you're a really well informed tennis fan. Where do you get all of your information?" And then you can say, "Well, actually, if you listen to the mini break, you can hear the trivia segment." So let's start with that trivia segment, Max. We both prepared five interesting stats for one another. Test each other's knowledge see how we do west off give me some sort of trivia sound effect as well maxi you always serve first when we play together hit me with that first question okay so i'm actually torn because i'm looking at all my my stats now and i don't know which one i want to start with because i've got some fun ones but um I'll start with this one because I, I, it's not what you're expecting, and I actually I think you won't know this answer. So um, who has the highest clay court final win percentage in tennis history? In tennis history. Is this the open era? Is this men's and women's? Can I get some clarification? Men's and women's open era. On clay. On clay. Finals win percentage. Is this person from the pre nineteen fifties? Because if they are, I have no clue. Do we get like two questions, three no. questions? So not pre nineteen. Yeah, you, you, not pre nineteen fifties. He's older. Okay. Uh, so T, you just gave me a hint. I appreciate that. Um, 
Yep. It's not Guga because he wouldn't have played. Well, he maybe by the limited amount of events he might qualify, but I don't think it's Gustavo Querton. I'm going to go with him. I apologize if you hear that in the background. That is our dog, Quavo. We, uh, he is just sitting. He really likes these podcasts. He's our number one listener, so he's sitting and listening and buying me time on clay. Is it Rafa? Is it just straight up Rafa? No, you said he's older, so it's not Rafa. Yeah, it's not Rafa. Rafa is second. Is second behind uh, this person. Behind this person. I will be shocked if you Bjorn Borg. No, Borg is third, though. Borg is third. So Rafa has an 88.06 win percentage, 59-8 and eight in clay court finals. Borg is 30-6, and six, which is an 83.33 percentage, and one person is ahead of Rafa and Borg. 59-8 is crazy. Um, is. Who would be ahead of them? Is this like, can I get the decade now? 70s. Uh, you're right. I'm not going to get it. Hit me with it. So, so it's... Thomas Muster, who is a former world number one player from Austria, from Austria, um, he was forty and five in clay court finals, which is an eighty-eight point nine percent win percentage. So, uh, basically, a percent higher than Rafa, which is crazy. Yeah. I never thought there would be a player who has a higher win percentage than him. So, no, that's unbelievable. And you look for Thomas. I mean, you know, not that we're comparing stats here, because Thomas Muster's accomplishment on himself is by himself is incredible. But he only won one French Open. I think. I think his only French Open title was ninety-five. That's surprising for someone who is that good in finals. Right. I mean, it, it also just shows how many, I mean, masters on clay that he played and, and other you know tournaments that he won. So, um, but still to have 50 or excuse me, 40 matches that he's won on clay out of 45 is just, that's, yeah, that's yeah, tough. 44 to and 11 overall in single finals as well. 40 and five on the clay. He is a master of the dirt clearly. All right. Yeah. That's question number one from you. Question number one from me comes from one of my favorite tennis Twitter accounts. And part of the reason we want to do this is to also show off how many great you know, follows there can be in tennis media. It's part of the fun of being, again, part of this tennis community. Um, all right. In the open era, Maxi, there are – I'm going to ask you, name the top five most frequently seen Grand Slam finals in men's singles. Who? What are the five most constant – or most uh, – uh, most frequent combinations of players to reach men's singles finals. So X versus Y, they played, you know, seven times. Can you name yeah, them so, in the open era? So Fed Nadal. Is number one at nine. Yeah, Nadal Djokovic. Number two at eight. Now, the reason I asked you this question, here's my hint to you, is because of who number three is. Um, is it still current? Am I allowed to? I don't know. No, it's all open era. It's all open era. So okay. 68 to 2019 um, or 2020, technically. Yeah. Um, is it Agassi Sampras? Agassi Sampras, like number five. Uh, and by the okay. way, if you want to hear more about those finals, go check out our new podcast, the Inside Out Podcast, our first season of which focuses on the best American players in the open era. So you've guessed one, Federer Nadal, two, Djokovic Nadal, and five, Sampras Agassi. Um, what about, like... Because I feel like it has to be weird. Um, oh, wait. And this is men's and women's? This is just men's. Just men's. Um, what about, like, Borg-McEnroe? Borg-McEnroe. And I should say I'm going to give you six because there are three that are tied uh, with that fourth amount. Borg-McEnroe, one beneath them. They've played four times. So Federer-Nadal, nine times. Djokovic-Nadal, eight times. Agassi-Sampras, five times. Three more teams okay, for so you they, to guess. So they were, they were sixth? They were tied for fourth. Sampras Agassi. Oh, tied for fourth. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Wait, where are Borg and McEnroe? Sorry, Borg and McEnroe are technically tied for seventh, but yeah, they're one beneath that. Got four. you, got you. Okay. Um, is Murray? Oh, I feel like Murray. It's got to be. Would I ask the question if it didn't make Andy yeah. Murray look good? I know. So is it Murray Djokovic? Murray Djokovic, number three all time, seven yeah. matchups. So people say oh, it's not a big four. Blah, 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 blah. I don't see Stan Wawrinka's name on this list. <laughs> Um, okay. One more. So, and two players, 80s, early 90s. That's my hint for this last combo. Uh, I get... Oh, man. Um, Tangentially involves Andy Murray. Oh, because of Becker? No, but you're on the right track in terms of your thinking. It wasn't Becker who you're thinking of. It was someone else. The other former player turned coach. Uh, Russian turned American or Czech, Czech, Czechoslovakian turned American excuse me oh god when you give me too many hints now if I say the wrong thing I sound stupid never uh, won Wimbledon despite how hard he tried uh, no not Goron um, he Edberg no but no and he's in the other F- one no Edberg's not no Edberg no. is um, Swedish I believe uh, you want me to give it to you I, I feel like you can guess this Leave all of this in, by the way, West Stuff. This is what it looks like. This is the trivia. Maybe give him a countdown clock right now. Yeah, I mean, you see, you said he's 80s? 80s. Oh, dude, I like these guys all mesh in my head, like the 70s, 80s. Um, Not, Ma- if, if I mispronounced Mondel bread and put an E. It would be Mendelbread. Oh, Mendelbread, by the way, a delicious uh, Jewish dessert. Uh, Lendl and Mats Vlander, five appearances as well. That's my fifth team. That's question number one for me, Maxie. Let's go. We're going three questions each on this one. So give me question number two for you. Okay. Um, Ooh, just three questions. Now, now I'm now I'm torn. Um, Let's see. I like this one, although we did just no. We just so can I just give you one that I was gonna give you just because I liked it, but it, it's kind of still applicable. Do it. So I'm not gonna make you guess it. One that I found interesting, and then I'll give you the one where you guess. Uh, the least games lost on a Grand Slam title run is not Rafa. He came in second with 35 games at the 17 Roland Garros, which is insane. 35 games, but Borg. In the 78 Roland Garros, only lost 32 games in route to his slam title run. That's it, dude. What, how many how many matches are in a slam? Seven, right? Yeah, Six or seven? It's ridiculous. I mean, it's like five games a match. That's insane. So I was going to do that one, but I don't want to. Um, let's do this one. Who has the most double faults in history? And I, don't, I feel like we may have done this one before. Ooh, I may have told you. Who has the most double faults in history? It's got to be someone reckless. Could be Karlovich. I feel like that's an, no. not in the top five Though, Karl- though Karlovich does have the most aces in history. Most aces in history. That's why I figured he just goes big on that second serve, right? Yeah, but no, it's not him. Uh-huh. The top two are both – actually, not not both retired – one is probably on the brink. The other one is retired. It was, you know, late 90s, 2000s. So they were good. Were they good players? They were both. Murat Safin. He had to throw in some double faults. Not Safin. 
And they were good. And they doubled. One fall. one was a top ten. The the number one was like a top thirty player. The number two was a top ten player. <sighs> top thirty player. This one's tough. Um I'm gonna go with Fabrice Santoro because I feel like he's a guy who's going to be creative out there. That's a, that's I like that guess a lot. So the only reason I I thought this was funny is because I've seen these like compilation videos of his worst double faults and they're horrible. You should go look at them up. Fernando Verdasco oh, has thirty duh, duh, duh. almost he has three thousand seven hundred and seventy one double faults. That's hor- that's and brutal. there's some great videos of just how bad they are. Uh, number two, Goran Ivanisevic, thirty five hundred. That I believe a lot because he's big. Yeah, he's going he, big. He's playing big. He went big for the second. Yeah, series. no, that yeah. definitely makes a lot of sense to me. That's a good one though. That's I should have guessed that. That seems. Um, I don't know. It seems more obvious than uh, you would think. All right, here's my next one for you. Here are. There are four players in the open era at Roland Garros because it's Roland Garros time. And again, this also comes from the Twitter account at only Roger can fly. One of my favorite Twitter follows out there in the open era. There are four players who are undefeated after they have won the first set that have played a minimum of 20 matches. Can you name those four players? And this is at Roland Garros? This is at Roland Garros. After winning the first set, minimum 20 matches, they have never lost. So Nadal. Nadal is number one. Guess his record. Oh, God. I don't know how many matches he's played. Like 200-something matches? No, after only winning the first set. He is 85-0. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Um what about so Borg? Just because I've after doing all this research and how successful he's been, Borg's got to be one of them, right? Bjorn Borg, well done. Number two on the list, forty-three and zero. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there any chance Djokovic is one of them? Uh, no, Novak Djokovic not on the list. There is only yeah. two more players on the list for you. One of them current. One of them past. Uh, and the, it is who you're thinking. Guess that person is my is my team. Dominic team twenty one and zero after winning the first for set uh, for yeah in in uh, the French Open. That's obviously exceptional. The other one, Higueras, who was twenty one and zero as well after winning the first set. Again, this is a stat where the reason I want to bring this one up: if we see the French Open this year, it, it's Nadal and you know it's Nadal, Djokovic. And team who belong in that conversation of the three front runners uh, definitively, and team does belong in that conversation. Yep, he does. Okay, and so then uh, one more. One more. Oh, I know it's tough. And again, we can do this elsewhere. And he, and you said this is old, older player. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Ha. Is it someone I, who is amazing on clay? Like someone like Santoro was probably great on clay. I don't know. Leighton Hewitt. Oh, are you asking me? Oh yeah. no, sorry, you got them all. I apologize. Oh, I thought I thought there was. Another oh no, one. Okay. Nadal, Borg, Higueras, team. Leave all of that in. That's oh, okay. a misunderstanding. Jesus, I apologize. That was a misunderstanding. Yeah. By the way, Matt Vlander, thirty-seven and one. Guga, thirty-one and one. Jan Kodis, thirty and yeah. one. All exceptional. All right, I think you're going to love this next one. And I, I don't have 
I, I only have the number one player. I actually don't have the rest of the list because I, I couldn't find it. Um, but who has the highest Davis Cup win percentage in the Open Era? And this is men's. So here's the thing. If you're asking me individual seasons, I can tell you McEnroe and Andy Murray both ripped off those like 9-0 and or whatever it was, crazy seasons. And so we're, we're, talking, we're talking about in total. These are total career highest win percentage at Davis Cup. Is there a minimum match play or are there people who are like 1-0 and on the list? M- minimum 20. Okay, perfect. Um, ooh. Who's really, really good at Davis Cup over the years? I have to think John McEnroe's on the list. So again, I, I don't. I wish I had a full list. I only have the number one. Only so the number Mac, one, and it's not McEnroe. Yeah, I, I, it's not Mac. I, I I did this one just because it's a great person. It's not Anthony Murray. Uh, no, Gonzo. No, that's a great guess. Oh, though. so it's that. T- okay, okay, okay. Ki- kind of near there. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, a little old. Who's someone a that little bit we younger. love? That we love? That's Gonzo. Ev- dude, oh, it's Delpo. It's Delpo. Guy. No, but everyone loves this Songa? guy. He's a character. Oh, Mumphies. No, no he's, he's older than these guys. Well, it's not Burditch because no one likes Burditch. <laughs> no. Um, you has a, Baghdadis? Has a bit of a... Yeah, yeah Marcos! Because... Great okay, guess. but it's bull... Sorry, I, I'm not going to swear. I am going to swear. That's because he's playing for Cyprus, right? Yeah. And I, lo- I love you, Petros. I, think, yeah. I love you, Marcos. I can't imagine they were often in the top group or when he's playing. So, you know, I feel like that one. But wait, but listen to this. He's a perfect 23 and up. That's, that's baller. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. ridiculous. And again, I, I've asked Petros this when we've had him on the pod. I'm like, just tell me, you, Marcos, Cyprus, Davis Cup, what are you guys doing? Like, take me through a weekend and can I come if that ever happens again? And he was like, yes, absolutely. And so that's on the schedule for us. All right, I have one more for you. Uh, because, And I'm going to keep it French Open themed because, again, the French Open is uh, what would be going on right now. There, Can you name, and this comes from at Luca Beck, Luca Branche, someone I have referenced many a times on this podcast. There, I have the 10 players with the most wins in the Open era at Roland Garros. Do you want to try and name all 10 or do you want to try and name the top five? Because I think you can get a lot of these names. I mean, let's just start with the top five. Okay. Um, so this is the most wins. Most wins. Okay, so Rafa and Borg. So Rafa's number one with 93. Borg is number seven with 49. Because think about it. He only played um, for like six years, seven years. Right? Yeah, Djokovic probably has. Djokovic third, 68. Yeah. Um, is Federer in there? Number two. Come on. I had so many finals. Just so many years. Yeah, Number two, 70. Only two more wins than Djokovic. So there's your top three. Nadal, who, by the way, 93. Federer, 70. Djokovic, 68. You got the top three. Um, I'm just curious if team is in the top ten. Not yet. in the top ten yet. Very good question. Okay. Though. Um. Okay. Sorry. So is, is Lendl? Lendl, number the- five, 53. Okay. Is McEnroe in there? No McEnroe. Nishkita at the French. Uh, what about Stan? Stan the man. See, this is why I wanted to ask you this. Great shot to you. Number 10, number 42 wins. Okay. One more from that um, era. One more from Is Murray? I feel like it's got to be. Not Murray. Who made a final but wow. lost? His only slam final. Only slam final. Smoked uh, a pack of camels before. 
that doesn't help me. Um, chain smoker. Oh, I guess. Yeah, you're too kind to deal in those sort of rumors. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, it's not song. It's song gonna make a no fan? consummate professional. Hardest worker on tour, top five forever. Just didn't have the weapons to get Ferrer, over. Ferrer, David geez. Ferrer, chain smoker. Come on, um, I, didn't, I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Um, and <laughs> by the way, those are unconfirmed rumors. But yeah, he's number nine forty-four. Okay, you have last two: number four, number six, and number eight. I've mentioned this guy a lot. And these and, and these are older. Two, uh, one from the seventies, one from the nineties, early two thousands, and one what from the eighties. No Pete. But you're, who else? Who's the other Agassi? one? Agassi, number six, 51 wins. Okay, and then we got one somewhere from the 70s. I mean, I'm probably not going to get the 70s. Vilas Gerolitis, 57. Yeah, He's number four. The last one, Mats Vlander, 47. Um, so, again, that's the elite club. That's When you have over 40 wins at a slam, that's what I'm saying. If you're looking through people's statistics and you want to start differentiating who was really good, I mean, sure, if you play for 20 years, all you got to do is when I suppose, average two wins a year. And if you're a good player in your prime, you should be doing more than that to hit 40 at a slam. But if you've won more than 40 matches at any individual slam, you were one of the 50 most significant players on your respective tour, in my opinion, because it's not many people who hit that bench mark yeah agreed that that's that's crazy i if you're if you're willing to indulge me i have one just one more that i think is interesting why Um, am i gonna indulge you because what is this maxi (laughs) what segment are we in the change over checks (laughs) Ooh, i don't like that one that one that was a little flat at the end let me uh west off give me a little uh rewind sound effect please the change over (laughs) checks I don't know, I'm mixing it up a little bit. Um, do you know who the only person... So, technically, there are four people who have a Golden Slam, but there's only one that has a very legitimate Golden Slam, like the calendar year Golden Slam. Do you know who that is? Are you talking about the men? This is uh, all men and women. Because, well, I, I don't want to say anymore. It's either Martina or Chris Everett. Or yeah. Steffi. 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 Yeah, it's Steffi. Steffi is the only male or female tennis player to have a legitimate calendar year. 92 or something, or 88? Uh, 1988. She won all four Grand Slams and the Olympic gold in the same calendar year. And there there are three others um, that that have done it, and it's Rafa, Serena, and Andre. I can see. Yeah, I mean, Steffi Graf, underrated. In tennis history. Everyone talks about Martina. Everyone yeah, talks crazy. about Chris. Everyone talks about the current male playing in Serena. Steffi Graf doesn't get the credit she deserves. I also, and this is so unfair to Steffi Graf, but there is because I've been getting into hypotheticals. And again, this is what a changeover chat is. You go on tangents. You're talking about subjects. That Monica Seles, who would have been in her prime alongside of Steffi Graf during Steffi's prime, and you know Monica hadn't broken through by eight through eighty-eight, so that Golden Slam year for Steffi that still would have stood. But Steffi's prime, she would have had to battle against Monica, and Monica yeah. was so not that I know her on a first name basis. Mrs. Seles <clears throat> was an exceptional tennis player in her prime and and that we were robbed of that rivalry is one of the great tennis tragedies of all time because those would have been just some of the best matches for sure and so absolutely and so i feel like that always has to be said when you get to that but speaking of you know potential rivalries potential things that could be let's talk about our potentials one last segment and again we tease this at the top 
Maxi and I do not lack confidence. You know, hubris is a word that has been throw, uh, thrown around before. Of course, I once convinced our people at Club Tennis Nationals that he was called the Red Rocket because of how hard he served. And they believed me because his serve can be that superficially impressive, but folks play with it and it can be just <laughs> as frustrating. Uh, but so, you know, everyone likes to speculate. Who, how would we do against the pros depending on the level of tennis? And it is hard to say, you know, for you guys to have perspective on where we're at, but we thought this would be a fun segment for you guys. And if you want to see us play tennis, 2017 USTA Tennis on Campus Nationals, Michigan versus UC Irvine. You can watch us play. Watch the mixed doubles. That's when you get to see Maxie at his best. Um, anyways, the question I pose to you, Maxie, who is the highest-ranked tennis player you think you could get a game off of? I have my answer for who I think it is for you, but let's let hear you go first. Who do you think you can have? Yeah, I have yours too. Um so, obviously, I'm purely relying on a big service game, and <laughs> and so my choice was one of the slower, poor returners that I could think of, and it's our boy Johnny is, <laughs> and and hear me out. The guy's got some reach, but he's not a good returner, and he's slow. If I pop a couple big serves and he puts back crappy returns and I can just rip a forehand winner, I think it's doable, man. So we had the same type of player in mind. Now, for you what, to go with Isner, it, no, because you're not that good. You're not getting a game <laughs> off of someone in the top 30. Like, are you f***ing serious? That's what I'm saying. That's why we're doing this, because I knew you were going to go that route. In my head, I said immediately, and it's funny because Jamie and I were talking about this, and I feel comfortable talking about you behind your back, because I'll say it to your face as yeah, well, okay. and that's the only circumstance in which you should do it. I said, I guarantee you he's going to say Isner. I said, I was like, I guarantee, I will bet you all the money in my pocket. Jamie that he says Isner I know my Maxi very well and that's what he's gonna do I do think you're on to something in that and look we joke about this all the time but you aced Yoshihiro Nishioka and I'm sorry I'm fighting our dog Quavo as he's trying to literally sniff me and lick me because he really likes this answer um but you know you, you know you aced Nishioka but it took you nine first serves to do it and you missed the eight prior to the ace and Look, I think that's I in- wasn't warm. I was literally going out there and blasting serves. Get out of here. Also, I aced I well, almost aced Maxi Murderer, so that that almost counts too. So, Max is a good theme and I do think you would do your best against a fellow Max. And so, you know, I was starting to think big servers and two names popped to mind immediately. And look, John Isner no, he's too good of a returner. And he's, again, if you miss seven straight first serves, you're down love 40. There's just not a world where you're coming back from that. Look, again, if my serve is, I'm talking about a scenario where I'm on. I'm firing. <laughs> and and you've seen it. I've hit four aces in a game before. Yeah, so. but you're serving against Joe Schmo, who's been drinking at the frat house three days a week. And it's yeah, not yeah, like you're serving sure. against John Isner. Now, the two names that came to mind for me for you. Ivo Karlovich. Yeah, I knew 40 years coming. old. Now, here's the thing. You're because of how tall he is. Because and it's not saying I am not saying you go big power. You can't go big power, but your best serves when you're going big T, or when you're going big kick T, and you're just unleashing that. I mean, that's sort of in his strike zone to slice down and get behind. And I just don't know if you have the quickness anymore to really, you know, hit that first passing shot. Now the hanging slice return of Max Cressy. 
Do I think you could steal a service game against him? Do I think you could draw two errors in the net, get lucky on a serve and volley, and then maybe tree and smack one ace all in the span of one game? Two two Jack Daniels later, I could see it. Like, yeah, I think there's a world where it happens. And so that, when I wrote that down, and again, you said it, doubles partners, and what I wanted to tell you earlier, I said I forgot the tangent. Someone asked me recently if I wanted to play doubles with them, and I was like, no, I can't. Like, I only play with Max, sorry. Um, I was like, he ruined me. And it was freaking Gornet, too, and I was like, I don't don't know, man. Like, I I, got to ask Max first if he'd be okay with it. Um, But And I'm not, for the record. (laughs) I don't know. There's a world, right? Like, Okay, that's crazy, and I'm sorry, Max Cressy, but, like, come on, like, indoors, I, first of all, you're never breaking him, not ever. And, again, no, two out of three sets, I'm it's 0-1. I'm not breaking any of these guys. Yeah, that's, and it, that's and been known. But, look, my my serve, if I am on, you are crazy. I, I could pop four aces. There's no you're question. Not, no, you can't. <laughs> uh, no, I do think, look, though. All, I do all think, people need to do is go to the Cracked Rackets Instagram Go back a little bit. There's a nice video of me during our um, during what what tournament did we first host? What was was that? Just the yeah the the invita- or the cracked rackets whatever the top notch the top notch yeah. So we played doubles. All you gotta do is go watch me hit one of that first serve up the tee where I popped it like one thirty, and these guys <laughs> the look on their face was like, who the hell is this dude? <laughs> yeah, look again. I'm full uh, of. Sh- no, no. Oh, yes. Um, but it's 0-1. I just want to make clear. The score is 0-1. But do I think you could get that one? You pop a couple 120. I mean, your shoulder is going to have to be loose. But, um, but yes, I see a world where it happens. All right. I'm hesitant to ask this, but give me your name for me. It's going to be so insulting. It, it's not insulting. And it's more just comical because I know how much you like this player. And how Andy? Much- Are you going to say a hip-injured Andy, no. a bedridden Andy? No, no, no. That's not what I'm going to say. That's funny, though. I could have done that. Um, <laughs> so, Are you going to say Kozlov? Yes, dude, <laughs> Kozlov. Like, and, and it's funny because back in the day, he didn't hit as hard. And like I could see you like somehow like pissing him off and like grinding out a game somehow or something. And he's like pretty small. So, yeah. The other person I was thinking, which actually would never happen but is just hilarious is ruben like you might just be able to get into his head because you you've talked to him a bunch and like i don't know you, there, there maybe there's a shot okay so here's the difference between me and you in a nutshell if it's someone if we're playing people at the same level i think i'm gonna compete better because as long as you're the same level as me it's very difficult to beat me because i'm gonna get in your head and be annoying and take it way too seriously and you're gonna be a little bit hungover and so i'm gonna win um at the professional level that's just not gonna fly they're gonna see that curveball even if i hit two first serves it's like it doesn't really matter and so like it's a struggle for me for sure and i'm flattered that you picked Kozlov. Now, I don't think I could yeah, do it. you should be flattered. <laughs> Noah, I feel like Noah, yes, we're Tennis Channel Podcast Network brethren, but he'd also be like, I'm not losing a game to, you know, I am the best player on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Sorry, Fleekner. Um So that's fair. I was, like, going down the list, and I was looking really hard. And, you know, Nate Ponwith is a guy who, at in the top 650, he's just going to see how bad I am, and he's going to tank a game. 
Like, I'm just really certain that he'd be like, ah, I'm winning this match 0-1. That's fine. Like, this game yeah, doesn't matter. And, like, he's also a kind enough human that he wouldn't humiliate me. Like, Alex Rybakov, if we played a professional match, is giving me a game. Because he's a nice guy, and he'd be like, what do I have to lose? You know, whatever. Um, some of these other players, a little less so. Um, and so, I'm flattered. I'll, I'll take it. I would say Nate Ponwith's my guy. Uh, that's as low as I'll go. Just because that's, that's I'm very, confident. He, that's very yeah. fair of you. Yeah, I played the percentages. I mean, John McNally is ranked number 600, and I did get a game off him. And it was I should have gotten two. Um, but we don't have to relitigate that story. The wow. thing is now I just look like such a <laughs> for how much I think I'd, I could Well, here's well the thing. Do. The perspective that people need to have is, again, and this is why I encourage you can go see it. Your serve is is that big. Like, it, this is not fluff. Like, it is, it's, it's a high-quality serve. Like, I promise you people I'm not fluffing him up anymore. We don't play together. I don't need to. It is that good. You know, if you saw the smile on his face, you would realize how bad I would want to retract everything I just said. <laughs> um, but that's why it's funny. Like, so, so Isner's ridiculous for you to say. But, like— It is ridiculous. I mean, indoors— you're playing in Cleveland. Those those courts were ice. I mean, there's a reason Cressy was able to win the title. It's because the conditions suited him so well, and it brought out his best tennis. But you could slap a little bit. And just like, I mean, ugh. There's going to be some bad service games, too. There will totally. be some eight-fault yeah, some eight fault service games. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, not eight faults. I'm, not, I'm never double-faulting <laughs> four times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you but say look, that, going, but you did If I'm going for it, I mean, yeah. It, it again. We're this is all context here. Like, if I'm thinking I need one game, like, yeah, I'm blasting every single first serve, no question. I agree, and that's why your upside in this conversation is definitely higher than mine. Yeah. But it's a funny conversation. And again, if you listeners think there's someone out there you could get a game from for a particular reason, let us know because we would love to hear that. Obviously, uh, this is a fun topic. Something you know, it's lighthearted. Does Max Rothman think he could go out there and be top 200? The answer is yes. But is he going no. to try and pursue that? No, not anymore. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, but no, we just wanted to have fun, of course. So you know, that was uh, today's fun f- fun Friday mini break podcast hopefully you all enjoyed that and if you're thinking well what was going on in the rest of the professional tennis world be sure to check out the rest of the episodes we've done this week because again we are sure to are being sure to cover all of our bases right now talking about the merger talks we had former atp ceo mark miles on talking about uh you know the long-term financial effects of this coronavirus pandemic we had talked to sports business journals brett mccormick about that you know talked about all the exhibition events with tennis channel steve weissman talked to all the college players about their decision weighing going back to school using that extra year of eligibility versus turning pro you can find all of those conversations on our various cracked rackets podcast this podcast the cracked interviews podcast the great shot podcast and of course the inside out podcast our new narrative-based show which you can find with wherever you listen to your podcast be sure to like rate subscribe review all of those shows share them with your friends and again if you've missed any of that content you can find all of it on our website crackedrackets.com you need the more immediate updates twitter instagram facebook youtube it's all at cracked rackets check out that youtube channel by the way if you want to see our smiling faces as all as well as all the incredible work our super producer daniel westhoff is doing on there and by all as always shout out to him and max fliegnor for the f- of an editing job they do day in day out no ruben may be the best tennis player on the podcast network but maxi well 
here's the thing. Arena Falcone is also a part of the Tennis Channel, po- Tennis Channel Podcast Network, and given that she is still a professional maxi and you're very much post-prime, I definitely would take her right now. Um, but, you know, maxi was pretty darn good. Uh, so you're still top three in our hearts and number one producer out there with Super Producer Danny Westoff. Anyways, I've lost the thread. Thank you to our friends at Midwest Sports. Use the promo code CR15. Get 15% off. Thank you to our friends at Aerobar, the only tennis-specific energy bar out there. Be sure to go use that promo code CRACKED15 to get 15% off your purchases there. Maxi, any final thoughts before we wrap this bad boy up? I hope uh, I hope Fun Fridays make a comeback because uh, these are enjoyable. Can you give it to me one more time? What did we just wrap up? What segment? The changeover chat. Uh, it is beautiful. And you know what's amazing? Not auto-tuned at all. That is his natural voice, folks. So, for the lovely tones of my wonderful co-host, Maxwell LeBauer-Rothman, our super producers, Max Schlegner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Maxi, what do we tell the people? That's a break. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you all next week. Have a great weekend, everyone. <laughs>